It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, John McDermott. Hey, everybody. Great day to talk about some X-Wing. So when we were going over topic ideas for this week, uh, I thought, oh, we could do another top five. And then I wondered, oh, man, we, we've done too many of those top fives that we did back in the day. And then I realized I think it's been over 100 episodes since we've done a top five. I have I even been on for a hundred episodes? I don't know. I, th- you, I, th- I think you were here for some of them, weren't you? Or did me and Carson just do those? Uh, I don't know. We, I that maybe so one. Funny. I might have been on for like one. But... Yeah, right when because it was about a hundred episodes ago. I think you jumped on the show, right? Something like that. Twenty eighteen. So that math kind of checks out. Oh, I looked. I was actually looking at one too, where it said featuring John McDermott, and I was like, oh man, there was a time when it w- you coming on the show was a big special event. Ooh, just a little treat. Just a little treat. Just every once in a while. Every week. And now you're a commoner, and it's only special when Paul Olson's on. What a shame. (laughs) I mean, I love Paul. He's great. What a good guest. Wholesome guest. Well, so this week we're going to be doing another top five. We're going to be looking at the top five underappreciated upgrade cards. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for this one. So uh, let's just jump right in. All right, so our strategy here is going to be to work at number five and work all the way up to number one. So our, our fifth most underappreciated upgrade card, we went with the Andrasta title for the Fire Spray. So this is cool because one of the reasons I love this card is it's a very clean X-Wing design. Um, it does just two things with the minimal amount of text. So uh, it adds the device slot to your Fire Spray, and it gives you a white reload action. So I'm a fan of simplistic design like this for a couple reasons, but primarily, so like this card costs two points, right? So in my mind, you're basically paying one point for each of these abilities, which is super good. One point for an additional upgrade slot and then one point for a white action that you don't already have. Like that's, that's super awesome. I feel like this card kind of got overshadowed. I think it's been good for a while, but it got overshadowed because Marauder was just so good early on in the game. Um, getting a gunner slot and adding the reroll on rear attacks, like that was a pretty much stapled on every fire spray. And then being able to throw gunner Han Solo in a scum ship was like that combo was just unbeatable for a while. And then it got yes. a little more expensive and people weren't flying fire sprays so often. But this guy's been around for a while. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the Slave 1 title is super good. Um, anything that makes you cheat or helps you cheat is good. Um, <laughs> I just really like this card. I think... Um, you see a lot of this title pop up specifically in like the double fire spray lists. So you've usually got Boba as your kind of main damage output, and then you'll see like Iman Azamine as kind of a support slash munitions carrier. And this card's almost always on Iman, but it's got more potential than that, I feel like. And I, thinking about this episode, started actually coming up with some lists that I just started putting Andrasta in to see, you know, what kind of combinations I could come up with. And, uh, it's just a fun card. I like it. Well, it's really fun, too, because there's a lot more great bomb options now. You know, we had the recent addition of thermal detonators, um, which are really effective and lets you drop a lot of bombs out there. So having a way to get more bombs out there, plus to reload really easily with that white reload action, like the white reload action is one of the rarer actions out there. 
It is. And it's really good with those thermal debts too, because you can regenerate an extra charge when you reload. Infinite thermal detonators. So Andrasa title, we definitely approve. Include them in more of your list, especially now that we have a new fire spray out there over on the uh, separatist side. Coming in at the fourth most unappreciated upgrade card, we went with a crew card this time, and we picked the Perceptive Co-Pilot. Yeah, and I uh, this, so this one's interesting. Um, and there's a clear distinction between like underrated and underappreciated because we're talking underappreciated here. Because clearly, if you look at this card, it seems pretty solid, right? Getting two focus tokens when you take the focus action. But I feel like this one's kind of um, in the like sight of the X Wing community being kind of overshadowed by other abilities that have come out. Yeah, and it's a shame because. You know, X-Wing, when it transferred over to 2nd Edition, the the devs made a point of saying, like, action efficiency was going to be lower and double mods were going to be, you know, a little less common than they were in 1st Edition. And yes, Perceptive Copilot does come in at 8 points, but it's really nice to have that flexibility to have token stacking going on because then it gives you both offensive and defensive options because obviously you're never going to spend more than one focus token at once unless you have an ability that makes that good for some reason. Um, but this is great because you've got your focus for offense and for defense, and it doesn't take up multiple slots on your upgrade bar. Um, this is a solid all-around card, I think, that at least even on large base ships should definitely be seeing more play. Yeah, and I, I think um, it hits a nice balance point too because in first edition, things kind of got overwhelmed when you had really easy access to like double modded attacks of target lock and focus. This one has the inherent balance point of you can usually only spend one focus per attack. So you're typically splitting those across either an attack and defense or a couple defense rolls. And still you have to roll the focus results. So it's not a guaranteed effect. But having that there when you're getting shot at by a bunch of ships and being able to get that extra focus token, super, super helpful. So, fun fact about our number three pick here for underappreciated upgrade cards. I'm pretty sure this card has had uh, a substantial amount of changes since its initial printing for second edition. But we're looking at the R4 Astromech card, which I believe had a couple changes. So, um, currently it is small ship only Astromech with the ability to decrease the difficulty of your speed one to two basic maneuvers. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it said small ship right away, and I don't think they came up with the terminology basic maneuvers right away either, right? Those are two changes that came later on. That sounds right. At the very least, basic maneuvers, I don't think was printed on this card. I think it was in like the FAQ document. Um, but you could definitely put this card on other side ships early on in the game's life. So not that these limitations are bad, Um just because dial modification is so rare in second edition and to have all of your one and two basic maneuvers go down in difficulty, you know, for a majority of ships, that's going to bring that whole suite of moves down to blue, which is really good. Yeah, and I, I feel like so many times when we see abilities now that change um, maneuvers and make them easier, usually they have a pretty big downside or a substantial cost because, like, you know, Leia takes time and points um, in either form, either the Rebel form or the Resistance form. And cards like uh, Cadle Conics usually require some sort of cost to go with them. So to see a card that has such a sweeping effect here at improving the quality of your dial and it being so inexpensive, I mean, blue hard turns on an X-Wing or a Y-Wing are... I mean, that's a pretty big perk. 
Yeah, I found a lot of value in this card on the newer uh, V-Wing ship in, in the Republic because uh, it makes those one hearts blue and it turns their one banks white, um, which, you know, because they've got that boost into red lock, you know, you want to have those tight moves be a little less difficult. It's got a good dial already, but having more options is pretty nice. Um, but I just really like this card. There's no downside to it whatsoever. It's only two points. Um so just put this astromech in more of your ships, people. It deserves it deserves your respect. Well, it's got such a universal application too, right? Because um, obviously we know cards like R2 astromech and getting regen are really good, but that's not good for every platform because not every platform is going to live long enough. So especially when you're looking at like you know light fighters or interceptor style ships, um, you'd probably have the improved dial quality. Agreed. And in a world dominated by Rebel-specific astromechs, the generics deserve love, and this guy is definitely deserving of that. Um, and it's nice that he can be played across three different factions between the Rebels, Republic, and Scum, uh, which, of course, lots of upgrades are not faction-specific, but this one has some really good application on ships in all three of those factions. Yeah, astromechs kind of feel faction-specific because there are so few platforms that can take them, but they are spread across there. All right, so now we've gotten down to the top two picks here for underappreciated upgrade cards, and I think these will surprise a lot of people because they seem kind of out there at first glance. Yeah, so I felt pretty strongly about our number two pick for a couple reasons. Um, some are similar to why we picked the R4 Astromech, but also this is just a favorite upgrade of mine in second edition. So this is the L337 crew card in the Scum Faction. And this card reads, uh, set up, equip this side face up, and while you defend, you may flip this card. If you do, the attacker must reroll all attack dice. That alone right there is a super powerful ability because there are so few in this game that make your attacker re-roll their dice yeah i mean anything that upsets an attack roll is huge i know we know um actual like defensive re-rolls are very rare in second edition and like you're saying john anything that affects your opponent's attack doesn't happen so often and this card's really inexpensive so for four points even just for that effect not minding what's on the other side of this card being able to interrupt an attack that might be i don't know the kill shot on your ship is huge yeah i've had many a game where I usually staple this on a Hawk um, for a couple reasons. We'll talk about when we get to the other side of the card. Um, but, you know, the Hawk, it's only got two defense dice, and it's got four health. Uh, so it could be the difference between your Hawk maybe taking a damage or two or being dead, and that ability is just so powerful. And then, of course, once you've used that ability, this card flips and becomes a config, um, which is L337's programming, and the side, this side of the card is just as good as the flip side. Uh, this one reads, while you are not shielded, uh, decrease the difficulty of your bank maneuvers. So again, there's another ability that reduces the difficulty of a maneuver on your dial. And I find this one interesting. It's such a funny design where like the two sides of the card seemingly have nothing to do with each other. Um, so flipping between them is kind of a funny decision you have to make where, okay, is this attack coming at me big enough that I want to flip the card and lose the potential... Um, attack dice reroll later um, but getting the bank maneuvers for so many of the ships that can take this card in the scum faction um, improving your bank maneuvers is huge especially on hawks 
and for ships that have that low shield threshold, you know, the Hawk coming in at two shields, like, even if you use the first side of the card's ability, you're probably still going to take damage. So by the time you've resolved that attack and you've then flipped this card, like, next turn you might be getting the benefit of the reduced bank difficulty. So that's pretty good. Um, and what I like about the other side, too, the setup side, is that while modifying the attacker's dice before you have a chance to see what your results are isn't always great. Like, I feel like there's a very clear disparity between when you know an attack is going to hurt you pretty bad or when it's not. So I would never flip the card if there were, like, two hits coming in. But if your opponent rolls in with a proton torpedo with double mods, like, there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to be like, hey, you've got to re-roll your dice. Because what's nice is by doing that, you know, maybe they've already used a focus token, and you've now turned off their ability to reroll with a target lock, which I think a lot of people forget about when you do use this card. Right, because once dice are, have been rerolled, they can't be rerolled again, regardless of who triggers the reroll. Correct. Yeah, and I, I like the design on L3 too, because it's good on a ship like the Hawk, but it also obviously pairs very well with the Falcon. Um, because being able to uh, force your opponent to reroll their attack dice gives you a defensive benefit. Whereas, like if the Falcon could just reroll its defense die, which it can, um, this card does that without having to affect your actual defense dice. So that way, you can double the mods there, where you can get rerolls on your Falcon, or you can just focus on your defense by screwing up your opponent's offense. Just some really cool art on the programming side of the card, too. You've got that kind of rear engine shot of the Millennium Falcon from the Solo movie, and it's just a really good piece of art. That alone is underappreciated. Easily, yeah. You could say this card's underappreciated just for that piece of art. It's really cool, actually. I'd recommend people check it out because I hadn't seen it for a while. I hadn't used this card in a bit. All right, so now I'm sure everyone's wondering what our number one pick is for in X, all of X-Wing, the most underappreciated card. And I think people are going to lose their minds once they hear. Oh, I'm sure they will. Uh, so let's not keep them waiting. So the number one underappreciated upgrade card we went with is, for one point, the modification munitions failsafe. Yes. So, you know, hold your jeers and hold your booze. Um, this, this, <laughs> I, I think people think this is an interesting pick. If anyone is a holdover from first edition X-Wing, they know that munitions failsafe was always kind of a joke back then. Um, but the design has actually improved quite a bit for second edition. Yeah. So this card reads while you perform a torpedo or missile attack after rolling attack dice, you may cancel all dice results to recover one charge you spent as a cost for the attack. Um, which is really good because this card itself does not have charges, so it's it's infinite. This card is never going to go away while you're using it, uh, unless your ship dies, obviously, but um, there's a couple different reasons why this card is so good. The primary one being against any ship that has reliable defense or force users, specifically. Well, and I think this is especially relevant now that gas clouds are so prevalent in the game and they give really guaranteed defensive roles where sometimes you don't you don't necessarily want to spend an important attack like a missile or torpedo attack because, okay, if I don't generate enough hits, my attack has no chance of hitting my opponent. Um, this takes that decision point away from you where you can feel comfortable firing the munition even at a target through um, you know, a gas cloud or a target with the force on uh, defense modification, where, okay, if I don't get enough hits, I can just cancel the attack anyway because I know it won't hit. Right. 
especially on carriers that have a lower attack value than the munition is giving them. So I'm thinking, you know, specifically maybe like the sick, right, can take a torpedo. Like it, it, there are times where you have a shot, but you just feel bad because you're like, there's no way this shot is going to do anything to this ship, right? Like you said, you've got gas clouds, maybe you're range three, they've got three dice, you've got stealth device, all that other garbage. And you roll your dice, you're immediately able to decide, you know what, this attack isn't going to do something, but at least I tried and my charge isn't wasted. I'll have it again for a later turn. Right, because the decision on the ship with like two two attack primary, there isn't really a decision you get to make without munitions failsafe. Where okay, either I fire my torpedo for four dice, or I could attack with my two dice ship, which is for sure not going to hit. So I'm really just sacrificing an attack anyway. Munitions failsafe lets you take that without the risk. So you can okay, my four attack for my torpedo might actually hit my opponent, um, and if I don't generate enough hits on my attack roll, no worries, I'm not wasting a whole attack. You know, and maybe this is a hot take. I personally don't think it is, but if you're having a list with multiple munitions carriers that do have the mod slot and you're not taking a mod in order to maybe get some sort of bid, I think that's a mistake. Like, you should be taking munitions failsafe. It's a point. It's super cheap, and the ability is super good. It it increases the value of not only your munition, but just your attacks in general, because now, like we talked about, you're not making that decision between shooting your munition or your piddly little primary attack value. Right, and it takes away options from your opponents too, where, you know, oftentimes when I'm dealing uh, with ships, you know, if I'm flying Kylo or something and I'm dealing with ships that have munitions, I'll try to make their shots as difficult as possible so they can try to waste those munitions. Well, if they got munitions fail safe, they're not wasting anything. And I mean, honestly, what are you using your mod slot for? Nothing. Yeah, not on something that's carrying munitions anyway. Maybe delayed fuses if you're taking devices, but if you're taking torpedoes or missiles and you're not putting a mod on your ship, then take this card, please. I beg you, take this card. All right, so there you have it. Our look at what we consider the five most underappreciated upgrade cards in X-Wing. We're curious to hear what all you have to say. What do you think are some cards that we missed on this list that are very underappreciated? Let us know on Facebook.com slash RadioTCX. And while you're there, you can always like our Facebook page. Please also consider going on iTunes and leaving the show a five-star review, saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen. And if you want to support the show directly, please go on to Patreon.com slash RadioTCX and become a supporter of our show today. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week.